0: everyone, uh, this is Russell Hathcock with the ZenRent um, Investment and Success Podcast. And the point of this podcast is to uh, talk about not only just real estate investment, but even the broader perspective of real estate and, and how to make money and be successful with real estate. Um, so this is our second show, and I thought who better to bring on than my own sister, Melissa Evans. Um, Melissa is just a year older than me, um, and and in fact, she was she was the graduating class of her class. That, were you? What, what what do you call your title? You were like second of the whole class. What was it?
1: Oh, uh, top ten. We'll see.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, you were up there, um, and so uh, in our family, uh, growing up, the, you know I I didn't do well in school. Truth be told. Um, and there's always this thought of like, hey, if I could be like my sister, Melissa, she was the straight A student um, throughout the years. Um,
1: would have been and, there. Uh, so in her
0: top 10 in the graduating class. What, what do you do now, Melissa? What can you
1: um I am a nurse practitioner, so.
0: Okay. So, and what, at what age did you start buying uh, real estate?
1: Um, I think in my early thirties, I would say, yeah.
0: As an investment? Oh,
1: late twenties, late twenties. 20s, late 20s.
0: For, for an investment purpose? Yeah. Okay. Um, how old were you when you bought your first home?
1: Oh, my first home, I was 22, I believe.
0: 22. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I know you're, you don't necessarily like to wear this on your sleeve or anything, but- how old were you when you paid off your first home?
1: Like 27.
0: Okay. <laughs> so that's why you're on the show. I mean, most people that's unheard of, like, you know, buying your first home at 22 and actually having it paid off by 27 is amazing. I mean, there's just you don't see that a lot these day in age, this day and age. And unless there's a specific strategy. Now, did you... What what was your mindset? What was your strategy? Why why did you pay it off real, real quick? And and how did you do that? What what, was um, your what were you trying to do?
1: Um, I remember I took a finance class in college, and they were talking about how if you pay just a little bit extra on your home every month, like even like a hundred dollars, that you could pay your home off in half the time. You know, a typical mortgage is about thirty years, so. I decided, well, if, you know, you could pay a hundred bucks and pay it off half the time, I decided, well, I'm going to just pay. So during that time, of course, we, we foregoed a lot of um, vacations and extra stuff. Um, I didn't have the latest shoes or latest purse. And anyways, all the extra money just went into the house. And so I thought, you know what, I mean, you spend so much money every month paying on interest. It's just money you're throwing away. So I thought if I could just get all that, you know, that interest down fast, the faster you pay it off, the faster you're, you know, you know, the least interest you're paying. So anyways, I decided to put all the extra money in the house. And so, um, that's what I did.
0: So tax refunds, no vacation, no extras. I mean, and
1: well, a, a, a little vacation, just not exotic vacations. Yeah.
0: I mean, yeah. you could have afforded much more than what you did. I mean, you lived well below your means. Uh,
1: yeah. And then, and the first home was a frugal home. You know, I didn't, um, buy a house you know, we could have afforded more at the time, but we bought one, you know, under our means, so it was easy to make an extra payment.
0: Now, did were you planning that from the outset? Or, I mean, what, did you buy that being like, hey, we could afford more, but hey, I'm gonna buy this and pay it off. I mean, was that your strategy from the beginning?
1: No, not from the beginning. Um, originally, I mean, we could have afforded a little bit more, but at the time, we, um, my, um, I, my, part, or my partner at the time, we decided that, you know, in case, we always wanted to have a payment where only, we only needed one income for it. So if, you know, that was before I had children. And so we had always planned that we would, you know, buy a home that was just a one income type of home. So had I worked full time and, you know, we could have afforded, you know, more if I continued to work full time, but we knew that we were gonna start a family. So that's why we did way under our means. And then um, eventually, you know, we just decided as I worked, you know, as the kids got older and I worked a little more, Actually, I didn't even have kids um, until I was 26, but anyways, um, um, I continued to work for a little bit longer, and so then we just put all that extra money. My salary, since we had built a, our our mortgage was based on a one-income family, all my mortgage, I mean, all my income pretty much went into that house, so to pay it off.
0: Yeah, so at what point, so you're you're 22, you 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 have a great mindset of like, hey, I don't want to be buried by debt. Um, so you're working, and and actually, have you ever listened to the Dave Ramsey spiel? Do you know? I do you know, know Dave of, Ramsey? I've
1: heard a lot of people talk about it, and I've heard a lot of, um, uh, you know, yeah, it sounds like great advice, but I've never actually looked into it.
0: Yeah, it, your your strategy is very reminiscent of of Dave Ramsey. So, oh. <laughs> uh, kudos to you. I mean, that's good. It's 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 a strategy about making the hard decisions, living below the means and avoiding debt interest at all costs. And uh, so you've done that. But so 22, you're buying your first home below your means. You could have afforded more, but you said, no, uh, let's, let's get something modest. Uh, you're making extra payments. Uh, what, like, how are, do you feel comfortable just saying how much extra you ended up? Um, I mean, was it double the payment or?
1: Um, yeah, it was at least double. Um, I mean, the first house, I mean, I, you know, after this was, of course, a long time ago, um, you know, we bought our first house when uh, it was, um, I think we paid, oh, like 80,000 or something. Yeah. So it was pretty cheap, you know, so it was like about 500 bucks a month. So I think we paid at least 1500. So it was probably triple. the payment. Okay.
0: So, so kind of a mental cue for someone who wants to pay off their home in five years, you're probably looking at making triple payments. Um,
1: yeah, at least. I can't remember exactly, but it was something like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay. And then so you know, sometimes if we would get big chunks, like a bonus or this or that, we would just put that into the house, you know, so like a five grand thing here or whatever, you know, it would just go into the house. So we would just put those chunks in the
0: house. And what kind of mindset would you tell yourself? Because I think some people, um, you know, they look at, Hey, I just got my tax refund. You know, I could put it on the house. Well, that'll buy me a little bit of time off the mortgage, or I could go on a vacation. I think a lot of people they get enticed by, hey, I knew I need the new car. I you know I just got a bonus. I got my tax refund. I mean, what what kind of mindset did you have to develop that principle of like, no, I I'm paying this on my mortgage, and you know we could do some awesome things, but what what was that mindset what what drove I think, my
1: goal was just you know to pay off the house and as we got closer and closer you know when you're getting when you're making big payments like that you really see the principal start dropping and then you know you're paying a lot less interest because you know on your statement you can see every month how much interest you're paying and as I would see that interest going down and you know I just kept getting closer and closer so I was just like I'm going to get this paid off you know so um uh, that was and that and originally I didn't pay off the home because I thought, Oh, I'm going to invest, you know, for investing. That wasn't even the goal. I hadn't even thought about investing. Actually, I hadn't even thought about investing until, um, you know, we visited you that time and we were talking about buying a property and then I'm like, Hmm, I, sh- I could do that. So I hadn't even even considered that. So that, yeah. I mean, the idea came from you.
0: <laughs>
1: <So>.
0: <laughs> We've learned from each other, but I, I mean, all these years, I'm still in awe. I've never actually paid off a home and although that's a goal, but, um, that I was, I've just been in awe of like, Hey, pay off a house. But, um, but your mindset was, you know, so you, you had a great strategy from the beginning and it evolved and you saw the power of money. I mean, how much interest do you think you saved, uh, by paying it off early?
1: Oh, um, you
0: ever thought about that?
1: Yeah, no, I have, I can't remember um, off the top of my head, but you know, you, when you get those, they give you an amortization schedule and it shows you what you're going to pay in your interest. You know, when you originally sign your loan, Mm -hmm. um, I think for that particular house, it was probably at least a hundred thousand because you pay at least double most of the time. What, what your mortgage is, you know, you pay that much in interest over a 30 year term. So, um, I think it was at least a hundred thousand for that house uh, off the top of my head.
0: Yeah. That, that you roughly estimate that you saved.
1: Yes. Yeah. That in paid had I paid just the regular payment over all those, you know, that over
0: those years. Yeah. Um, and so eventually you sold that home. Uh, how, how long after you paid it off or, I mean, at what point did you sell it? Um,
1: um Pretty much actually it was around the time that we upgraded to a bigger home um, just because our family. Um, so almost right after the house was paid for. So pretty much right after. So then what we did is we just put everything we made on that house, we put into our second home. Um, and we, you know, put everything as a down payment for that house. So then- Okay, our- so you
0: didn't you didn't immediately jump in and buy a rental home at that point.
1: No, at that point, I still um, hadn't even considered that yet. Okay. Um, the goal was just to, we basically, but our payment was still very low for the second home too, because, um, you know, we only had to finance. You know, just you know, I think we ended up. The second home we bought was around two hundred. So, and then we made. Um, we bought that house for like eighty, and we ended up selling it for about one thirty. So, we put that all into the second home, and then we had like a seventy thousand dollar mortgage or something like that.
0: So right. again, a cheap
1: mortgage for a you know bigger home.
0: Yeah. So you you bankrolled that first home. You paid it off. Mm-hmm. It appreciated in value. You sold. Um, and bankrolled that to, to another home. And I guess let's, let's dive into when, when did you realize like, Hey, or you mentioned me giving you the thought, but um, how did you buy your first investment property?
1: So um, at that time, then um... I think that was when we had you know visited and I you know you had talked about buying real estate and I thought huh I could probably do that so um, you know since we had bankrolled so much and put it you know from our first home and put it into the second home I had a lot of home equity so essentially what I did is I refinanced our first that that second home with a cash-out refinance and I think I took out a hundred thousand dollars is what I did Um, and then um, I was able to use, so I had a hundred thousand in cash and I used part of that to purchase a home. And then I used part of that to um, put a down payment. So I purchased a home with cash outright. Um, Cause it was of course during the market when things were really cheap, you know, when the market had crashed. And so yeah. it was kind of good timing, you know, at the time too. So I paid cash for one and then I put a down payment down on another to get a second mortgage. So then I had a, another mortgage that was a, you know, a, a second mortgage, not a second mortgage on the home, but what do you call it? Um, just a, a real estate mortgage, I guess, is what an investment. So you,
0: uh, you had your primary residence and you bought two rentals or just the one.
1: Um, Oh, I'm sorry. Let me try to think how I did this.
0: Um, <laughs> You're on the hot seat. <laughs>
1: I know I'm, I'm trying to remember how the how the timeline went. No, actually I take that back. So the very first, I know I took some cash out, and then I ended up getting another mortgage on a, another home that was my very first rental, and that one I had for probably i think it was five years, just the one solo rental that's what it was okay. And so with that house so but then I decided to put because I'd already paid off one home you know with my primary first home, I decided my goal was to pay off that new rental house mortgage so that's what I did is I started just i had um, I took a little bit of the cash out, like I said, from my primary home, and then I used that as the down payment. And then now I had this new mortgage on the rental. Um, and it became my goal to just pay off that rental house. So that's pretty much what I did. I took I took about five years and I paid off that rental home. So any extra money that I made from that rental, really, I wasn't making a lot of money in that first investment. Mm-hmm. Um, but anything extra, I pretty much just put into that rental mortgage. And that was my goal to pay it off.
0: Do you, so, do you remember what your payment was versus what the rent
1: it was pretty close to um because it was a it was a, it was the very first house that i bought so i hadn't really um you know there was a lot of factors i didn't consider um so i think i only cleared maybe 200 not probably i mean now in retrospect i wouldn't have done that house but you know it was a learning house so yeah. now i try to at least clear 500 from what the mortgage will be at versus
0: so, so your your threshold is when you invest, you're like, and and you're you're saying you want five hundred dollars positive cash flow every month,
1: right off the top, yeah. Compared to that.
0: what your mortgage is versus what the rent income is, no. you know? So your first one, you said you're saying you you had a positive cash flow of about two hundred dollars a month,
1: yeah, not and a then lot. You
0: would just roll that right back into the mortgage to pay it off. Yeah, what,
1: well, and, and 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 really, and really, the two hundred. I mean, essentially because you know, you have repairs and this or that. So probably I wasn't really making any money. So I was using, you know, personal income too, to pay off that, you know, rental, because I knew that once the rental was paid for, you know, then you get a lot more positive cash flow because then you're not paying, you know, for a mortgage first. Right. So that was the first house that we bought. And so I um, use that. Once that house was paid for, that's actually what really, got me, you know, um, that was really my springboard when that first rental was paid for, because then I took a cash out refinance on that. And that was the one that I took 130 cash out. Mm-hmm. Um, that was what I, and then, and then essentially I bought the house there in Arizona, um, paid 57,000 for that house, paid cash for it. And then I bought the, the other, I bought two houses in Arizona at the time. Yeah, And the other one I so I I paid cash for one and then I put down a down payment for another mortgage. So I got another mortgage.
0: Yeah. So, um, so what what were some of the lessons that you learned off that first rental? Uh, you, let me, let me back up. So, so you bought the rental and, and this is like new to you, like, Hey, you can make money with real estate. Hey, let's buy this. Um, did you know about property management companies and vendors? I mean, you were, Tell us how this went. Did you manage it yourself? Did you hire real estate agents? What kind of, what was that? What was your team like that was assisting you?
1: Um, I used a lot of Google and no, I did (laughs) find a, I mean, I just looked up stuff. I did find a, um, I purchased a um, real estate contract, you know, for um, a lease. Mm -hmm. I bought bought that online. Um, So the first very property, you know, was here. So I managed that one myself. Um, and then, like I said, I just purchased a, a legal, a binding real estate contract so that I, you know, did things appropriately and I did that. And then of course the ones in Arizona, um, you know, as you know, um,
0: yeah.
1: you're my lovely property manager there. So, um, those are a little more challenging to try to manage from afar, yeah. um, uh, without somebody being able to go in and view the home and, you know, but here locally, I was able to do it myself and, um, I just purchased a, a thing online and use that.
0: Well, we're what were some of the lessons that you learned? What were some of the pain points? Um, uh, I mean, we're you getting probably, phone calls in the middle of the night. Uh,
1: no, pay, pay, pay no phone calls in the minute. middle of the night. Usually, you know, nothing like that, but always, you know, you always have to keep, I mean, I have to keep my phone with me at all times because, you know, at any point, you know, I could have somebody calling me with a Um, So, and I think I just have tried to find a good network of just, you know, a good handyman, um, a good plumber. And I just kept those numbers in my phone, you know and I just always use I've been just, you know for any type of thing that could go wrong. Um, And I think I always also planned for things to go wrong. So that's, I think one thing when you're doing real estate is you pretty much have to plan. I mean, I set aside a pretty significant amount of budget every year of just for repairs. Of things that I know will go wrong because they essentially do so if you have plans that yeah things are going to go wrong then when they do go wrong it's not as big of a stressor because you know you have the money set aside for it and you're prepared for it so
0: and you got a team you got some go-to businesses or individuals that can Mm -hmm. help out
1: yeah. Yeah. And then of course, yeah. So I have a local team and then of course the houses in Arizona, you know, makes it a little bit easier since I have your company ZenRent, yeah. rent. Um, formerly East Valley. <laughs> so ZenRent rent manages my properties there and that makes it a lot easier. So,
0: yeah. Um, so how long, so how many, what you've sold some properties that I'm, I, and I know how big was your portfolio at, at its peak? um you mean yeah how the, many homes did you were you managing oh,
1: um or, well including the primary home or you know just the home yeah, that I
0: investments didn't. i mean oh so six okay now did you get all those paid off or what how i mean what was the strategy to get so we, we've talked about um you you know you bought you paid off your first home uh, you bought a second home and then you cash out refi to pick up a rental with a smaller for with the mortgage. Uh, you were just unloading funds on that and you paid that one off in five years as well. Uh, what was, I mean, did you have a one strategy that worked every time or was it different each, each time you bought? Um, the-
1: maybe a little different, but essentially that was the strategy is just to You know, pay off. And then um, as I went forward, um, I started saving up some money, you know, and then to get some mortgages on to buy. And I found out, you know, you can only have four mortgages, you know, at one, any one time. So that's eventually what I decided to do is I put more down and then I eventually um, had four mortgages, including my primary home mortgage. And so I had, you know, three mortgages for real estate investments and then the others were paid for. So half of them were paid for. And then the other half had a mortgage
0: on them. Did, did you find that, you know, you, you paid off that first rental, you, you took some cash out of that, um, and bought an additional couple. Um, so, I mean, that's a challenge. You can only have four mortgages. Um, Did you, did you end up paying off some of these other homes first before you jumped into some additional rental properties?
1: Um, well, so with my first rental, um, you know, I had used, like I, I said, I, you know, I paid that one off. And then once that five years, once I had that paid off, I was able to springboard into two more right away because I paid cash for one and I I obtained a mortgage. And so at that point I only had two mortgages still because- my primary home. Um, And then I had this new second rental that I had bought had a mortgage. And so the very first rental I had was now paid for. So then um, I bought two more by, um, you know, just putting down a a down payment and then getting an investment mortgage. And so I was able to get two more that way. And then I ended up my goal would be to just whatever the lowest mortgage was, or actually the one with the highest interest rate is I would just start now all the extra money anything that i made just went into paying off that house so
0: so so you've got several rental homes um and they're either positive cash flow a couple hundred bucks or they're paid for or they're positive cash flow 500 bucks so rather than say hey i'm going to go on vacation you just bankroll these right i mean you you don't look at that income as something to go live off of because you have you're you're a nurse um, I mean you've had a situation where you know you're you're living a good life ends are being met so you don't need that money to live off of and so you just bankroll that i mean use yeah, load on those mortgages into, like gangbusters that's
1: i just reinvest it into paying off the rent I don't see any of the rental income stuff that I make I don't see it as money I use it to just pay off you know the mortgages of the house and just um, that's essentially what i i just put it back into the business kind of you know and don't Um, cause the end game for me is to have, you know, multiple properties all paid for. And then once they're all paid for and you're not paying interest, then that's where you're really making money. Because if you have 10 properties per se, I mean, that was my goal. Um, you know, it's still my goal. I haven't quite got there. Um, you know, with just some different setbacks and whatnot. Um, Um, my goal is to have 10 paid for, and then you're, you know, you know, that could be a retirement income, you know, to live off your rental. So you know, and yeah. live comfortably.
0: So yeah, and I and I think that goes to show, um, you know, some investors are all about like the volume. Like, hey, I own twenty homes or thirty homes, and that's far, all you know, fine and dandy. But you know, if the the you know if your debt to income is off or whatever, I mean, if you're if you're holding a lot of debt under those, I mean, that's cool. But I mean, I'd rather have. 10 paid for homes rather than 20 or 30 that are all you know not as liquid as that so
1: yeah no and I guess it depends on you know if you're doing it for the long term or a short term goal you know and my goal was always the long term you know eventually this is going to really you know it may not be giving me a lot of extra money now or giving me extra vacations or this or that because I'm not you know using the money for that but you could if your goal was short term and you wanted extra positive cash flow now um You know, it could be that, but um, with the right property, you know, you have to have a little bit of a positive cash flow, um, of course, to make any money. But eventually, if you see it as a long-term investment, that's where your real money will come, you know, is in the future when those homes are paid for. And somebody else bought that house for you. So, you know, it's being paid for by someone else. And then, you know, in the end, it'll be a paid for. And then especially if things do appreciate, then you even more, you know, make more money. So
0: yeah well i love it i mean um that's that's what i'm trying to do have I've had a few setbacks myself but um I, I mean I just love that thought that hey anything extra just go go in the home and pay it off and expeditiously so i think so you've you've sold a few homes what what are, what are your numbers at now how many how many properties do you have
1: um so right now it's four
0: four homes. Okay. Yeah. Are any of those paid off or are they all paid off? Um, Half of them are paid off. Which ones?
1: Half of them are paid off. So there's, is there, um, yeah, there's, is there, I I forget sometimes. Um, um, yeah, there's two mortgages and then, um, so half are paid for and then half have a mortgage on them. So, um, and the goal. And so, and I'm thinking, um, Of course as you know i'm newly remarried so um my my goal you know my um, husband and i are planning on doing some investing and so that's kind of our you know i've been on hold for a while so um now we're thinking about you know we're going to start doing some investing again just waiting for the right time and
0: are you guys uh scouting any particular real estate markets are you trying to stay local uh because you're from farmington that's where i grew up that's where you live are you trying to stay in Farmington? Or are you uh, trying to branch out? Or are you looking at other markets a little closer these um,
1: days? Not too many other markets. I mean, here in Farmington we're looking at, of course, but homes, you know, some of them are kind of high right now. Um, um, and then maybe there in Arizona. I mean, I haven't, um, especially um, as I just finished grad school last year So while I was in grad school, pretty much my real estate investing was put on hold because it was a a rather challenging program. And I had a, you know, a lot of studying and a lot Mm -hmm. of, um, and then just getting out of grad school, my first year of practicing, um, you know, was very challenging. I had a job that I just, I just changed jobs, but I was working a job that put me, you know, 55 hours a week. And so I really had to put real estate on hold, you know, and it was kind of just status quo where I was, you know, with the current properties until, um. I had more time. And so just recently, I just started this job a month ago. I have a little more time. And so um, we haven't, I mean, we've talked about the, okay, we want to start expanding, but we haven't um, quite got there yet.
0: But, but he, he's, he, how many properties is he on? He's got uh, a property, what? In, in um, he California? has
1: a vacation rental in North Carolina. So yeah. um, just the, just the one. Okay. So, okay. That's and he's our- had
0: properties in Florida and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So he's had properties in Florida and, and he, um, you know, has always been kind of, or he hasn't really got into the real estate game too much except for that vacation rental for that he, you know, enjoyed. And that was just cause it was an area that he liked and, you know, he wanted to be able to return there often and have his own home. And so he had made that vacation rental. Um, but, you know, he's, he's also ready to, you know, invest and he's, not really done a lot of it, except just the one, so um, that's something that we plan on doing together.
0: yeah, well, I'm excited to see what you guys can do together. I mean uh you know with with your you know your expertise and and knowing how to avoid the interest and bankrollies and uh your your principal uh dedication, um, so I think you guys are gonna do really well so i'm 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 excited to see where you guys take that. You uh any thought of so so up till now you you've had the single family home buy and hold strategy. That's what I like. That's what I do. Yeah. Um you you any plans to diversify into anything commercial or multifamily?
1: Yeah, no, I mean I have I have actually considered that. Um, you know, even like apartments or multifam you know, but I um I haven't really researched like I said, I a lot of it was just put on hold pretty much this last three years with my schooling and, you know, yeah. just my timing. So, um, I have considered it, but I haven't dove in, I haven't really researched it enough, but, um, I've considered that or even commercial, I'm more nervous and apprehensive just because I don't know it. I mean, I've done mm-hmm. some family home for, Oh, like almost 15 years now. So I, I know that one I'm more comfortable with it. So it's something, you know, and I'm not a professional by any means. I just, this is something that I've done as a little side gig. Um, you know, and we're not, you know, I didn't start off as a millionaire or anything, you know, so it's not like I had tons of money or, you know, had money given to me to invest. It was just something I've started off slowly, you know, so, and just kind of what I've learned. So, um, you know, and then with commercial, sometimes you need a little more money to start up. So Mm -hmm. I mean, I've considered it, but I haven't researched it enough, but it's definitely something I'm interested in.
0: Yeah. Do you, uh, do you feel comfortable uh, letting us know? So, because again, the, the point of the podcast is, is investing and what, how you can get in and how you could start. Do you feel, so, and you've gone through some things and you've offloaded a few properties, but do you feel comfortable talking about what your overall, at the peak of your, the amount of homes you had, what kind of wealth, what kind of equity total did you have? Do you feel comfortable talking about that?
1: Um, uh, it was um, close to 1.3 million, so okay
0: awesome i mean that that's incredible um so uh, you know to to do that uh within you know a short time frame because that's not talking about your work that's just the value of your real estate and being able to structure these deals and these properties in a way that you're you're funneling in this this wealth and this cash flow and you're you're packaging it and uh so i mean you know, and and obviously as your brother, and I know, you know, we come from the same, uh, same household and we, we grew up on a meager existence. Um, so I, I'm proud of you. I'm, I'm optimistic for you. Um, I've learned a lot from you. And, and so I appreciate you sharing your, your nuggets of wisdom and that we can uh, share that with other people because the reality is um, investing in real estate is you know, as you said, I mean, getting a low interest rate loan, well, sometimes they're not low. I mean, sometimes they're high. I mean, it depends on the market, depends on where you're at.
1: And I did several refinancing, you know, I had mortgages that were a little bit higher and then, you know, I'd refinance and, you know, get, so I did some strategies where I refinanced one property you know, because depending on your debt to loan ratio, you know, you can get a lower interest rate. So one time I refinanced, I did a cash out refinance where I could get a lower interest rate on this one property. And then I got like a 20 grand and then I used that 20 grand to pay off a higher interest rate mortgage, you know, to just get those. So, yeah, trying to get the lowest interest rates that you can. Um, sometimes when I refinanced, I would do a 10 year mortgage because then you can get the lowest interest rates because essentially the goal was to pay the least amount of interest possible. And that's where you're making money, too you
0: know, is to. Well, see, and that's what I love about your strategy. Um, cause most people, you know, cause I'm in the industry and I've, I've talked to lots of, you know, investors. I, I mean, I represent a lot of investors and sometimes I represent accidental landlords of, hey, I got a job transfer. I don't know what to do with my house. I right. must hey, well, take care of this. Um, but, you know, most people are just concerned with the payment. Hey, I need, you know, my payment's a thousand bucks, Russ. So I need a minimum thousand dollar payment or or rent or, you know, or more, you know, here's my pain threshold. People, I mean, most people are just are really fixed on that payment Mm -hmm. and that's fine. And that's, that's, you have to pay attention to the payment. There's no issue there, but uh, you take that a step further. And you're saying, Hey, how much interest is this going to cost me over life alone? And what do I do to, Avoid interest. I mean that that sounds to me like your game plan is like get this for the lowest amount of interest, even if sometimes you have a higher payment. Yeah, um, it's not about the payments, It's about how much is this costing me today? How much does it cost me in total in the future? And uh, if you're not factoring interest in those payments and whatnot in your part of your strategy, you can pay a lot more for that home than than you think. And uh, so. I love that. I love that mentality of the payments important because if you can't afford something, right. you just can't afford it. Right. But, I think you
1: have to be able to make the payment, but yeah, the goal, you know, since I always lived under my means, you know, my goal, yeah, exactly. was just to get it paid off in the least amount of time with the smallest interest rate, you know, no matter what the payment was. So, I mean, cause I was in a position to do that, especially because with the real, the rental mar- homes that I had, you know, half of them were paid for. So I could handle a little bit higher, um, and you know, higher payment on some of them because you know, I had some homes that were paid for and that would help kind of offset those costs. So.
0: Yeah. Well, and I love that because I'm, you know, anxious to see what, what you can do in the next, uh, little, you know, few years, next five years, even. Cause I mean, once you get a strategy of not living off that income, but putting it right back into each of those rentals, like pay off the one, Okay, yes. You got a mortgage on the other one. We'll just unload that like gangbuster, So you have two paid off. I mean, right. And uh, then, you know, you take have- the power of that one and two yes. and, and pay off the third one.
1: Right. Because now you've got, you know, triple, whatever you were paying in the mortgage one and two, once you pay mortgage one and two, you know, instead of just saying, Oh, now we have extra money mortgage one and two. Now I would put into mortgage three, you know, so then all that money goes into that. So, you know, by the time you get to, you know, and that was my strategy. Um, you know, before, um, like I said, things got put on hold for a little bit. And then, um, but you know, and that's, that's the, the strategy is just basically, you know, not really counting that as extra money, just basically putting that all into, as your end game to get, you know, multiple properties that are paid for. And that's where you're, you know, at that point, that's where it's, you know, more of a, like I said, a very much of a long-term strategy.
0: Yeah. and, And the truth is, as I, uh, wanted to talk with you, um, you know, in a public way, um, and that is, I wanted to really hone in on that, that mindset that you have in terms of, of, you know, cause I think a lot of people, they lose sight of the interests. Um, you know, it's on the statement, but you know, Hey, my payments, a thousand bucks, you know, 200, 300 is going to the interest. You know, it becomes an out of sight, out of mind thing, but you took a, a whole other level and that's like, well how much is this going to cost me over the life of this loan? Yeah. My rent could cover this. Yeah. My, you know, this makes sense. It's not really costing me money, but at the end of the day, that interest is yeah. compounding. How do I, how do I slash that interest? Well, um, I mean, and so,
1: yeah. And on your mortgage, I mean, almost your entire payment, when you first start a new mortgage, almost the entire payment is just, Um, interest, you know, so right away, even if you, you know, and I know not everybody, you know, can do, you know, quite a bit extra, you know, on their payment, but even if you just put 50, a hundred bucks towards that mortgage, you're, you're knocking off, you know, and I think it was that class that I took that finance class, you know, on a mortgage of like a hundred thousand, if you only put like a hundred bucks a month into that, you would pay it off. You know, a 30 year term would be 15 years. So, um, you know, I mean, even if you just, you can't afford to do a whole bunch extra, that still, you know, cuts it in, you know, a 15 year mortgage is pretty good too, to pay it off that fast. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause it, a five year paying off a home in five years is just exceptional, but t- 10, even 15 years is still outstanding. It's.
1: Oh, definitely. And, you know, you're still then you have that much more money to either reinvest or put into, or, you know, you just have that extra money. And then if you do want to start going on vacations and doing, you know, um, those types of things, you know, that's, that you're able to do that. So.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm kind of out of questions. I mean, I think we've really dove into, to the, uh, some of the mindset and the uh, skills that you have that I wanted to, to share. Um, do you, I mean, do you have any last, sort of closing thoughts of, you know, someone that wants to put themselves into a good financial situation and um, any I will, final thoughts?
1: I say, um, what I always tried to do, like my, always my strategy, you know, with any time, you know, when I was buying a new property, um, I, you know, it, but as I added on, you know, I had other rental income coming in, but always when you take on a new mortgage, you know, always plan for the worst. I think plan to not have a tenant, make sure that you can make that payment. You know, if you're living under your means and you can make the payment, even if, you know, let's say you don't have a tenant for two months, just, or or basically set that much aside, you know, have that much extra, just have a contingency fund for the worst. Because if you plan for the worst, you know, you set up a big, like I said, I have a pretty significant budget that I set aside every year for repairs on all the homes. Then that way, when things go wrong, Um, you know, you have a, you know, it's not as stressful because you've got plans for that. So,
0: and I think that allows to, so, you you know, a good landlord is, is planning for worst case scenarios like, like you do. But I think what also that does is uh, helps your tenant be happier too. I mean, you know, if air conditioning, you know, at least in Arizona, if your air conditioner you know, kills oh, over, over in the middle of summer and you're scraping trying to figure out how you're gonna replace that. Well you have an obligation to that tenant to have a habitable home. Uh and, and so if you're if you're in a situation where you're scrimping and the yeah. worst case disaster happens, um, you know, you you're you're in a territory of, of a slumlord. I mean you can't treat people that way. So um
1: No. And that's, yeah, that's exactly it. So you just basically, you know, so another, you know, the money that I've made as far as for the rental, that was another thing i just put you know in a big contingency fund you know and then extras would go to pay off mortgages but just have that contingency fund and just plan for not having a tenant for a couple months plan for you know like you said an ac easily five grand An ac goes out you know furnace i mean there's been minimum. one minimum what
0: oh yeah <laughs> on, on a minimum yeah
1: yeah no and there's been one year i had um two furnaces go out and an ac i mean you just have to plan for you know, and that was at least 15,000 right there for all of that. So you have to just plan that things will go bad. And then of course, once those things get replaced, those are, um, you know, those last a long time. And,
0: and I think having the funds to do what is necessary creates a happy tenant. That's going to be there a while. They're going to, they're going to take pr- pride of living in your home. They'll take care of it better, but also that means you can have, um, adequate vendors on your list that, you know, cause I mean, there's times where, you know, if, if you're trying to pinch pennies and you're getting the, the cheapest low ball vendor there is, well, that's not good either because they don't know what they're doing or whatever. So yeah. you can get someone that gets job, the job <laughs> the job done right the first time, the right. tenants are happy and at the end of the day, you're happy because you don't have that stress load of, of a disaster yeah. situation because yeah. you planned.
1: And then you're stressed too, if they're calling you and telling you all oh, this. But like I said, if you're planning for things to go wrong, um, just plan for things to go wrong because inevitably, inevitably they do at some point. So if you plan for that, then it's not as stressful. So yeah, that would be my last takeaway.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, thank you for uh, coming on my little venture here of the uh, Zen Rent Investment and Success Podcast. I mean, I, I look at your, uh, your investments and your strategies is very successful so so my hope is to uh, c- continue to look f- to you for some inspiration and and I hope that others can can find an inspiration as well. So thank you and I hope That's everyone great. enjoyed the show today.
1: All right, thanks
0: Thanks.